When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I believe in inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they desire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot. I've done a lot. I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all will be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vale's World. It's the team. Yo, 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 yo. It's your boy Lavelle D. Munger, your host for Vale's World Podcast. And we got another amazing episode. But before we get started, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vale's World Podcast. And if you'd like to sponsor or be a guest on an upcoming episode, shoot us an email at Vale's World Podcast at ldmunger.com. But before we get started, let me give y'all a rundown of the show. We start each episode with a good read. That's a book that I read that I love to share with you all. What's popping some current events that's going on in Vail's world or the world and then a hot topic which you don't want to miss let's get on with the show so today's good read on the shortness of life by Seneca on the shortness of life this book is a philosophical essay by Seneca Hopefully I got that right. I'm quite sure somebody out there will correct me, but I'm going to keep it going. In this timeless work, Seneca explores the theme of life and the need to make the most of our time. He criticized people that squandering their time on trivial pursuits and emphasizes the importance of focusing on meaningful and virtuous activity. Seneca advocates for a life of purpose, meaningful mindfulness, and the pursuit of wisdom. The essay encourages readers to reflect on their priorities, make conscious choices, and live a life in alignment with their values. Ultimately, Seneca's work is a profound reminder that Ultimately, Seneca's work is a profound reminder to appreciate life's fleeting nature and make the most of your time. Man, I love Stoic. Like, it's okay with agreeing that life is messed up, but not sitting in a turmoil and doing something about it. Like, you can sit there and just complain. Like, it's already fucked up. I, you know it's fucked up. What you gonna do about it? And that's one thing I love about a lot of Roman Stoic philosophers and their perception on life and how those things that happened so many centuries ago are still relevant to this day. So today's good read on the shortness of life by Seneca. Tune in. If y'all got a good read or or y'all didn't like my read or y'all want to talk about this read, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast or shoot us an email at Vales World Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now what's poppin'? What's happening? Man, I hope everybody is really tuned in. Um, Daylight savings and put you in the funk, especially for those that work nine to five, especially those that work from eight to five. Find yourself going to work is dark. When you're getting off work, it's dark. Work don't really give you the privilege and the time and courtesy to absorb some sun. The holidays coming by, 
and allow us to think about individuals that may not be with us today, removed from our families. Just so many different things that happen in this season. And I challenge everyone to check on their loved ones and just get a pulse on how they're feeling. Even the ones that you assume are all right, because we aren't always all right. November 23rd, about 5.30, a close friend of mine was leaving my house and was murdered two blocks away. And that changed my entire trajectory of my life. I lost my homies. They stopped coming around and I assumed that it was my fault. I always had to keep my head on a swivel. And 12 years later, I am still a product of that situation. And this year, Thanksgiving was on November 23rd. And when it happened, it was two days before Thanksgiving. We were talking about what we were going to eat. We were talking about the club. We was going to mess up and have fun. And we were talking about all these different things. We were celebrating life of a friend. And and just to imagine that more than 10 years later, it's still haunting me. And I was happy and blessed that I have family here. And they got me out of the house. I'm like, I was randomly just in a slump because I didn't. I knew Thanksgiving but I didn't really recognize the day when I slowed down and was able to to connect my emotions with the time I realized exactly what was going on and thank God for my big cousin Gayla her husband Sean my little cousin Drea Shanika for being in town getting me out the house so I appreciate them they don't know that yet but I appreciate them and I'm quite sure it's other people out here that's probably not similar but we going through our own battles within so make sure y'all check on y'all people Seasonal depression is a real thing. We have people graduating in a couple weeks from college and they may not know what their next step is and things of that nature. So it's a lot of different things that can cause us to be in this raft of emotions right now. And I challenge everybody to continue to check on y'all people. It's real. The sun will be out. Everything will be back to normal in a couple months. But in the meantime, check on your people. Check in with yourself and be vocal. All right. So off that Real fast, NBA play-in tournament, Indy, and we got the Lakers in the first ever championship game. Couldn't make this up. Great game yesterday from Milwaukee and Indy. It was close the entire time. Man, they battled it out. I love, I don't get it, but I love the excitement and the fan engagement that the end tournament has provided it seemed like it put a spark on a lot of the players as well as the games have seemed more competitive and not oh this is just the beginning of the season we'll turn it up in april so that's a great thing i'm interested in seeing like how the, the championship is going to play out everything is in vegas we all have heard that they are in communication with an expansion team that's going to possibly be in vegas i hope they don't but i would love to see this tournament held in vegas and other tournaments held in vegas i think it's a great destination for something of this scale but having 41 games a year that might be a little too overload just me my opinion you know if you want to make another team it's a place in missouri that that's itching for one so playing tournament so far adam silver thumbs up to that we'll see and now we already know this diddy on diddy on diddy everyone has been talking for years about how conniving how scandalous diddy is how he mistreats his artists how he doesn't pay them how he does so many things everyone's been rambling and whispering about the the diddy parties and what happens and and things of that nature and we used to have the signs ain't no party like a puff daddy party and how good it was and things of that nature more people have been more open about their experience at these diddy parties and these diddy parties are slowly but surely becoming more and more of all of the other parties that we heard that have happened in hollywood with the drugs with the hypersexuality with the touchy touchy homosexuality and when you think about it on a artistic creative spectrum that's how all these spaces kind of 
They are. I mean, if you look at uh, Warhol and Basiak, the parties that they talk about that they went to, if you are in the creative scene in L.A. and things of that nature, it's kind of, you know, like, ah, the higher up you go. You think about the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Bill Gates and and Steve Jobs, the parties that they used to attend and the people that used to socialize in those parties. It's like, ah, so it's not too much of a surprising. I don't in no shape or form promote drugging and and raping and abusing and things of that nature i hope that if foul play has happened that those individuals receive the justice they deserve i don't know who diddy pissed off but it seemed like every since he's been vocal about this tequila and not having agave they've been on his ass so he has about three more sexual lawsuits that popped out of nowhere outside of cassie and a lot of people aren't surprised. So if more come out in the next couple of weeks or months, we'll see. He was forced to resign from a lot of his companies as the CEO figure because I learned more about the Cassie situation that it became a suing the company thing opposed to suing Diddy for unsafe workspace and things of that nature. Wild times, wild times. Again, I hope and pray that the truth comes out and that justice is served. And I'm going to just leave it at that. So if anything popping with you all, make sure y'all hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast and let us know what's popping with you. Or you can shoot us an email at Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now to the hot topic. Whew. My grandma's influence on how my love for her shapes my approach to women. I love me some women. Definitely the black ones. I really do. My grandmother has really, 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 really groomed me to be the the man I am today. Ah, so this is a heartfelt exploration of like the impact of this remarkable woman, man, my, my granny, and how her love has shaped my demeanor around women I deeply care about. All the protectiveness, the bluntness that I am. It all comes from the space my grandmother allowed me to be in. It's a journey of like introspection and appreciation for the powerful influence that she has had on me and how that has shaped my romantic relationships in a sense and a vulnerability that I want to show up for my future wife, right? Like the foundation of love. I remember when my grandmother, she shared a story with me. I was young and she was dropping off some groceries. So my granny, she never had a car. She has a, her permit, but she doesn't drive. And she tell me the story a lot. She she got on the bus. She brought us some groceries and she was knocking on the door. We were young. I was been watching kids since a, a very young age. And the rule was don't answer my door and don't pick up my phone. So she was knocking on the door. I was talking to her through the mailbox because she was like, open the door. And I was like, no, nah, my mama said I can't. And uh, she didn't get mad at me. She understood that I was just young following the rules. So she put the bag on the doorknob and she left. And when my mom got off work, she saw the bag on the doorknob and she asked me why I didn't open the door and get the bag. And I said, because you told me not to open the door. To this day, she still sees that that little guy that followed the rules and and then opened the door. And she never judged. She never pondered me. She never she never got an attitude like none of that. She was just OK. When I was older, I was always trying to figure out how can I get my auntie back in the fold as it pertains to the family that we had at this one period. My mom was still alive. My my older aunt just died. My uncle was out of the federal penitentiary and I was just trying to get everybody together. And she sat down with me and told me that, son. You're doing a lot and you're trying your best, but some things just can't be healed. And I love 
my daughter unconditionally. And because I love her, I have to allow her be her. And you can continue to break your neck and try to mend all these relationships and things, but it may never work. And you can continue to feel bad and, and be hurt by so many failed attempts. But I love, that's my daughter. I love her unconditionally. You're my grandson. I love you unconditionally. And I don't want you to continue to allow your emotions to be hurt by trying to mend this family together. And that allowed me to know that I can love and don't have to be in the presence. I can show love differently when that call is there showing up. But I don't need people to be around in uncomfortable circumstances and situations in order to be and feel love. My granny's wisdom and value, man. My granny is blunt. Y'all think I'm blunt. Oh my God. My grandmother is OC. But my values and who I am, who my uncle and who my mother was become, to have that love and the ability to care to be trustworthy, to be honest, be loyal, show love, and ultimately to have discipline to do all those things, even when you don't want to. Why I'm so respectful, why I'm so kind, why I'm so considerate, why I'm so patient, even in my bluntness, my grandmother. So when I interact with women, they get confused because they're like, oh my God, this guy's so blunt. Like, if I want the truth, I know to go to Lavelle, but it's conditional. Like, I want you to be truthful when I want you to be truthful, and I don't necessarily have that switch to turn it off and on. So I'm truthful 100% of the time. And the thing about my grandmother is we can be truthful with each other 100% of the time. And we don't necessarily have to feel judged or you know hold back. We can be honest with each other. And when it comes to that level of communication, that's how I want to be and show up in my relationships with women. But I always be gentle and remain considerate because my granny will want me to be that. My granny has allowed me to naturally become gentle and considerate, especially around women. She let me know y'all crazy. My granny crazy. So she she reminds me a lot. So I call her. Oh, yeah, you can't say that like that. I'm like, huh? Why not? She breaks it down every time. My granny had a nickname for every woman that she's seen. And after a while, she noticed that she was going to see a lot of women, even if it wasn't to that point, because my grandmother's critique or judgment or feedback on anybody I have in my life. I always wanted her to have that opportunity to help vet the people that I have in my life because she never let me down. <laughs> she never let me down. And one that she used to love was Strut. She called her Strut. She called her Strut because she had on some heels and we went <laughs> and we went to uh, the grocery store, went to Snooks in St. Louis. And she said, baby, this girl love you. She going to show up for you, but you better have some money. <laughs> You better have some money. So you got to figure that part out. But this one is definitely a good one. And if y'all can work through some of the issues y'all have going on, this might be the one that I call my granddaughter. And although we don't communicate anymore, but my mom died almost 10 years later and she was happily in her relationship, just got married. She heard the news and she reached out and she like, Lavelle, I love you. Like, and although I didn't take it in a sense of in love because I know the situation uh, that she's in, the love for me, the act of love, not the being in love, but the act of love. And after I calmed down with all my emotions, I reflected on this conversation that I had with my grandmother. My grandmother was right. Like the connection that I'm able to create with people and the connection I was able to create with her was exactly it. And maybe if circumstances were different, maybe, <laughs> right? Empathy and understanding. Like my grandmother, I can talk to her about anything and everything. And she used that wisdom. She don't necessarily take my stories and judge or create a disdain from other people, right? She doesn't listen to confirm any biases that I may have. She listening gives her opinion. I said some things to my grandmother. 
She didn't take it personal. She didn't agree with it. My uncle called me from the federal penitentiary and said, you better not ever talk to my, my mama like that again. <laughs> but the compassionate, the willingness, the impact that it has had on my life, that I know that there's a woman out there that has this same level of understanding. So these are the ripple effects on my romantic relationship. Because if I can't talk, if I can't be open, if I can't be heard, I, I close off. I shut down. I give up. If the decision is already made, who am I to present options and allow us to explore the choices that we may have because the decision is already made. So when someone reaches out to me and say, oh yeah, we can't do this no more, da 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 you know, if your mind is already made up, I'm going to let you go. And still being able to have that love, have that gentle and caring approach, even if it's not in my best interest, because my grandmother have shown me that. Even in some of my darkest days, some of my emotional moments, some of my envy that I had towards some of my cousins that I felt like she was able to show up for more and addressing that. Like she never gave up on me. She always had a, a ear willing to listen and receive feedback. And she taught me that. It rubbed off on me. My grandmother had me putting down floor tiles and doing things around the house. I was always the handyman at like 11 years old. Sometimes she paid me, sometimes she don't. And it showed me the things that I need to have as a man. If something is broke around the house, fix it. My uncle added to that. If you don't want to get your hands dirty, if you don't want to do it, you better have the money to pay for it. And because I'm frugal a little bit, if I got a little time, I'm going to go ahead and, and do it myself. Opening doors, pushing the buggy, making sure that she's inside of the sidewalk and I'm walking closer to the street. Making sure that her purse is between us. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. When I walk into a room, being able to say hi, speak to everyone. Because her thing was, I ain't wake up with you. If I call her and just start talking, I ain't wake up with you. If I text her and I don't say good morning first, I ain't wake up with you. Try it again. How present myself. Those traditional values, how a man's supposed to show up. Not to mention she was married to all military men. So although times have changed in this contemporary world, relationships can still have essence. And I believe that it's on a one-on-one -on -one basis, figuring out what each individual values and putting those things together. If my woman wants to work, who am I to tell her not to? And it's certain points in life where, you know, 50-50 may be a thing. 100% may be a thing. But I think we can kill all that. If both of us have a two-household income, it's both our income. So if we put a percentage into a joint account and you're able to do what you want and I'm able to do what I want and we live within whatever that percentage is within that joint account, who cares? It's finding out modern ways to adopt to traditions and with the communication, with how I automatically show up. Again, I don't want my woman to feel like she has to work. Well, my wife, I'm going to say that. I don't want my wife to feel like she has to work. I want her to work because she wants to. But because you're bringing an income in, we got to make sure that we manage our finances as a unit, that together, that collectively for our family, for our household, that we making the best decisions as a unit. Man, I encourage all of my, my listeners to reflect on a positive influence in their lives, right? And how they can apply those lessons into their relationships. I believe all relationships have a core. And then you start blossoming things around them as it pertains to the title, like how to show up for the title. But all relationships to the core are the same. And I believe we lose that when we throw titles on people before knowing the person. Being respectful, being honest, being trustworthy, being loyal, being loving, having a discipline to do those things, even when you don't want to. Those are basics for any relationship. Man, I want to express so much gratitude for the profound impact that my granny has had on my approach to love and relationships. Our experiences with, with family like continues to shape the way that we fully show up. And it's only right that we acknowledge the influences 
that can lead to more meaningful connections with those that we care about. This is a personal journey. I know, I know. And it's even more that I can talk about by my granny from the laughter, from the scariest moments, from the responsibilities that that have my shoulders and my heart so heavy as the family is transitioning back to a patriarchy once the matriarchy is tired of being the queen and making sure that my foundation is set to take on this role. Man, if y'all have some similar stories or if this episode resonates with you, and feel free, man. Share your experience with me. Call your grandmother. Call that lucky person in your life. Grandfather, father, mother, sister, whoever that person may be. Just tell them thank you. Peace and love. Thank y'all, Valians, for being a part of this journey. Make sure y'all continue to engage on all our social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bell's World Podcast. If you want to sponsor or be a guest on an upcoming episode, feel free shoot us an email at veilsworldpodcast at ldmonger.com. Do not hesitate to hit us up on Anchor and leave a voice memo and hear yourself on an upcoming episode. Veils World can be heard on all the podcast platforms. I'm talking Apple. I'm talking Spotify and many more. And before you leave, make sure you hit the subscribe, share button, tell a friend to tell a friend. And yes, reviews are always wanted. Let the world know how you really feel. And I can't forget, support. Become a monetary investor for as little as 99 cents a month. And we can take this thing a long way. Peace and love. It's the team.